Welcome to episode five of Coffee with Braz, brought to you by Victorian Responsible Gambling Foundation. Love the game. This week, we'll be talking to Bree Davey. I want you to meet our newest captain, Bree Davies. From kicking a soccer ball on a local field to representing our country, captaining our biggest rivals, and now proudly wearing the black and white. Bree is a person I've always admired as a player, but mostly for the human she is. This is one podcast I have been waiting to do. Get ready because I feel like this is going to be a good one. Meet my captain, Bree Davey. Welcome, Bree. Thank you for being on uh, Coffee with Braz. No, thanks for having me, Brazzy. I'm pumped. Well, thank you. <laughs> I love you already. I'm just so excited <laughs> to have a podcast with you. Uh, I've been waiting for this moment. But um, let's talk about your, your coffee order. What do you have? Skinny cap. Yeah, that's usually my solid order. I'm trying these days as well to lessen the milk, so like a three-quarter latte sometimes. But, yeah, skinny cap is my first go. See, like Ruby was episode two of yep. Coffee with Braz and <laughs> – like, I know she looks up to you a lot, but now I know she's got the same coffee order <laughs> as you. I think we need to check on that girl because that's a check bit on weird. Her. Yeah, well. Oh, uh, yeah, she's, she goes a bit more chocolate than me, though. I saw her speaking about it. She seemed passionate, yeah. so, yeah. <laughs> so she's trying to fake that it's skinny. She's just adding <laughs> yes. extra chocolate. No, I love that. Um, one thing I, I, I just want to get straight into it is you're a soccer player. And I didn't know that about you. So I'm assuming a lot of people wouldn't know that about you. You know, yep. you, you're um, one of the captains of our club. You're captain Carlton. You're all Australian footballer. So there's so much people already know about you. But what a lot of people don't know is you played soccer for Australia as well. Yeah. So, yeah, blows my mind that, one, I didn't know that. I'm quite embarrassed that I didn't know that. Um, but checking all these facts about you, one one fact that I found really interesting is – that you and your family holiday at this caravan park all the time. Yep. And you're 13 years old, you and your family and all these other kids are playing soccer on the field and just, who knows, just life happens sometimes and there is a scout there. Yes. At a holiday yeah. park. <laughs> like, what is going it on? It is a and, bit of a weird story, And yeah. so you haven't – you're not in a soccer team yet, but then they decide, yeah, this this girl can play at a holiday park. <laughs> and what like what happened? Yeah, so um, I actually grew up mo- – mostly what I played growing up was um, basketball and footy. So I did grow up playing with the boys up until about under 12s. Um, and basketball was the same. Like I was a mad – really into my basketball um and I think it got to a stage in both sports where football ended there was no pathway um and then with the basketball side of things I think I was sort of starting to experience a little bit of burnout I know that sounds silly being so young but I'd done it since I was an absolute in my diapers almost and then I think it just got to a point where I wanted a shift um and the next best thing at the time was soccer but I guess how it happened um the first time I actually met this scout I probably would have been about eight years old um, he and his family went to the same caravan park we went to and a uh, big family hol- holiday park and they've got this big sort of field in the middle of it. It's like a big oval um, and they would have like the annual sort of um, soccer game each year and all the kids and their da- dads and mums would come down and we'd all just play a big game of soccer and I remember he approached my dad the first time he had sort of seen me play and I was the only girl out there um, as you can imagine, quite often girls sort of shied away from those sorts of things. But um, I was sort of a boisterous, if you want to call it, um, little girl. And I was like, no, nah, I want to play. So I went ran out there and, um, yeah, he, he spotted me from that and he approached my dad and was like, 
you know, do you think your little girl would like to play soccer? And dad was like, oh, mate, like I don't think so. Like he comes from AFL and yeah. soccer is not – he didn't even really know anything about soccer. So he was like, oh, I don't I don't know, I'll ask her, I don't think so. So he took it to me and I was like, no way. Like I'm playing footy, I love footy, I love basketball, there's no way. So um, I knocked – actually knocked this scout back for a few years and then, um, yeah, when it got to a point where I actually was looking for a different direction, um, he came back to me and was like, Bree, you need to start. Like I think you can do something with this. And um, I was like, all right. I'll give it a go and um, ended up getting into it through that. So it was a bit of a, a weird transition into it. Um, but, yeah, it's it's sort of fate. It was really weird, like, just meeting this guy and he sort of pushed me in the right direction and then my sort of career with soccer really skyrocketed pretty fast from there. Yeah. I love that you say your career because you were 13 when this obviously happened and then by 15, so two years later, you picked up by a Melbourne team. Yeah. Like, and not just – like, you were now playing at the top level. As the second goalie. Yes, yeah. No, so I um, I think, yeah, I was 15 when I first got signed at Melbourne Victory um, and the ruling was you had to be 15. So, um, Which is so young. Yeah, like yeah. You're still at school. Like yeah, yeah. 15, like... Yeah, it's super... I don't even reckon I hit puberty at 15, <laughs> like... And you're playing an yeah. elite sport. Oh, like. it's super... Like, it is. It's super young. And the more I look back now, um, being a bit older, I'm like, that is so young. Um yeah. And I remember it was pretty overwhelming and a bit scary as well because you're playing with women who are in their 30s um, and you're this little 15-year-old. And so the dynamic is very odd because you've got such different age gaps and stuff yeah. like that. And even different experiences. Like the yeah. goalkeeper in front of you at the time was the Australian captain. Yeah, like, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. You've yeah. only been playing for two years. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's just like a – it was just a bit of a weird dynamic, I suppose. But, yeah, I got picked up um, when I was 15 um, as soon as I was sort of, I guess, available. Um I think my first gig um, when I first started soccer was with a state side. So my literally first taste of soccer, I was playing state at state level and that was, again, overwhelming. I didn't even know what offside was. I remember I was... I, I still don't know what that <laughs> rule means. <laughs> hey, look, it's confusing, yeah. I'll be honest. But, like, I remember it was my first state camp and I literally was fresh to soccer, like just wide-eyed fresh to soccer and we're all sitting there in a team meeting and I put my hand up and I was just like, yes, Brie. And I was like, oh, um, I'm just wondering what's offside? the whole room lost it because they were like, who is this girl? Like, well, how does she not know what offside is? She's playing this game. She's got no clue. Yeah. Um, so they just – at state level. Yeah, and at <laughs> state level I think they were like, this girl has got to be joking. She's never going to yeah. make it. <laughs> She's never Get her out now. It. She's not worth it. Um, and so, yeah, so then from there just really advanced really quickly. Um, I was part of sort of junior Australian teams. I was in the under-13s one and the under-15s uh, – under 17s um and it sort of all progressed really fast but yeah my first gig at w league level um was yeah 15 years old at melbourne victory so it's really cool were you always a goalkeeper or like why did you have to learn mm. this is i guess me being having no idea about soccer yeah football people call it do you need to know what the offside rule is being a keeper yeah, like, you do. You <laughs> need to be onto it. Like I'm the idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, you do need to be onto it because um, often, like, I mean, you shouldn't. Uh, you've got to focus on the play, but at the same time, if it's offside, it helps to sort of try and call it as well yeah. to get the referee. Like, I guess it's like in in any sport, if you appeal for something, it gets them to think, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, is it?" And then they like might put their flag up or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, you do you you do need to sort of be aware of what offside <laughs> is. Um, but yeah, I initially didn't. I didn't actually initially want to be a goalkeeper. I wanted to be an on field player, like a midfielder um, or something like that. Um, I'd come from sports where I was used to running and being really involved with the play all the time. So. Um, 
I guess going into goalkeeping was not my first choice and I sort of fell into it. Like initially I did start as an on-fielder um, and I, I might have been okay at it, but I don't think I ever would have been like national team level at it. Yeah. Um, and it just turned out one game they needed a goalkeeper and I was this little 12-year-old kid and they were like, we know you come from basketball and footy, we, so you could probably use your hands. Can you jump in goals? And I was like, okay. And then I was about in. to ask that. Is that yeah. I wonder if that's why they put you in there. Yeah. So I think honestly it was just like a hunch they had. Oh, she looks like she'd be all right with her hands. So I was like, whatever. Reluctantly got in there. I didn't want to. Um, but then did okay. And I think from there um, started to get more recognition as, as a goalkeeper and not an on-field player because I sort of try to split the role a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, I guess I, I sort of fell into it. But my love and respect for the position grew as I started to play it as well. Yeah, no, that's – it's and do you find it – like, because I find – I watch the game and I think, okay, the goalkeepers are clearly the craziest people on the field <laughs> because they're happy to get balls kicked at them. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also it's, I guess, like a shooter in netball. Like, that's – like, you need that goal to win mm. where for you, you're the only player if it's, if it's a draw mm. and they do penalty – they have a shootout. Yeah, yeah. shootout. Yeah. Here you we quite, go. Yeah, good <laughs> I'm trying really hard that you like you can win or lose yeah. the game. Yeah. Have yeah, you ever been in a situation like that? Oh yeah. Um, that's the thing as a goalkeeper. It's it's probably in games anyway. Like our training is next level. It's really physically tough. Um, but in games, uh, it's not off, often the physical side. It's the mental side because you could be standing in the goals all game. You could have the best game of your life, pulling out saves left, right and centre, but then comes down in the last minute and they tap a goal through and, you know, then all of a sudden you're the villain of the team because yeah. you just let the goal and then you've lost the game. Yeah. So it's just one of those positions where you can be on a real high, but you can also sometimes be on a real low. Yeah. So it was about for me as well and, and most goalkeepers, I guess it's just about managing those emotions and being able to be pretty resilient and bounce back if things don't go your way. But penalty shootouts aren't that fun. In saying no. that though... Um, if you stop it, I'm sure it would be so much Yes, fun. and there's... And the team I'm, would love you. Yeah, <laughs> then you're loved, yeah. yeah. No, I've been in positions where I have um, made saves in penalty shootouts and the adrenaline rush is probably like nothing else. So yeah. it's cool, um, but... I would say as well the pressure's more on the kicker. So yeah. they, they, they're sort of expected to score. So yeah. if the goalkeeper saves it, it's like a bonus. So, yeah. Yeah. And one thing I – like I played soccer at school for fun or like, mm. you know, you're kicking the ball around or I'm with my brother doing like our own penalty shootouts and you don't realise how big the goal is. Yeah. Like it's yeah. – you can't just have your arms out and you're touching either end. Like yeah. you've got to move your feet. There's a lot mm. – I think it's not – I don't know, maybe it is respected in soccer, but yeah. from another athlete, like it's, I think so much work would have to go into it. You, you can't just be someone that is slow. You've got to be quick oh, yeah. as well. Yeah. It's, um, it's funny you say that because look, even, even people who do know soccer, like I remember um, some of my teammates I used to play with, like half of it was a joke, but I, I at the same time, I didn't think they understood what work goes into goalkeeping. Like yeah. I think the perception a lot of the time is, oh, they just stand there and they'll just throw their body, make a save every now and then. So um, do you do the full training with the team or do you have your own training? No, nah, so it's very specific goalkeeper training um, and it's honestly some of the hardest but most fun stuff I've ever done. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of plyometrics, getting up and down. It's Essentially, you could probably explain it. It's like doing burpees for an hour and a bit. Yeah. It's hard. Oh, that like, sounds so <laughs> much fun. Like I really want to be a goalkeeper. <laughs> it actually is though. It's so much fun. But I always used to say the on-fielders when they'd give me stick and be like, oh, goalkeepers are lazy. Like give me nah. yeah, stick about it. I'd just be like. Go do your burpees. Yes, go do a goalkeeper session and then talk to me and I remember once I got one of my friends to do it she was like all right fine I'll do it I was like sweet so put her in some gloves grabbed a ball 
And I was like, let's go. So I was kicking balls at her, like getting her to dive. And by about five minutes in, she's like, we need to stop. (laughs) This is not okay. And is that hard? Like you've obviously come from basketball and football. You've come from team sports. Is that hard? having to then train by yourself because you're in a team but you've got your own yeah. session. Yeah, it's, um, it is odd. I mean, usually in any team there's usually two or three goalkeepers so you do have a little army of goalkeepers yeah. and you work together. And, little crew. Yeah, little crew. Um, so that's from that aspect it's cool because you get quite intimate with those uh, players and you get to really get to know them really well. Um, but in saying that, it is it is like a almost a, a different sport within a sport. Like playing yeah. as a goalkeeper is so different to what the players do on the field. So... Yeah, it's it is weird, um, and I would say I'm I'm a very team orientated person, so I love to be around the team and, and that sort of stuff. So it was it is a bit of a different sort of experience being a goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, so moving on from being a goalkeeper, but still in the soccer world, mm. one um, off season you decided to go to Sweden for I guess one of their seasons, and you know was yeah. that what was. What was the reasoning behind that? Yeah, so at the time I was just finished year 12, so I was um, 17. I finished school a year early because I was born early in the year. So I finished at 17 and um, straight after year 12 I'd gotten a call from my manager at the time um, and he was just like, look, um, over in Sweden in the professional league, they're a goalkeeper's, their goalkeeper's gone down. They need a goalkeeper and yeah. they've reached out – basically they've reached out to me and have asked for you. Um, at the time, I was playing um, for the Matildas, so the senior team. Um, I'd had a fair few um, international caps, so I think they'd seen me play through footage, whatever that was, um, with that. And then, um, yeah, just gave gave my manager a call, and then I had to decide pretty quickly if I wanted to go. Um, as you can imagine, 17 years old, I hadn't been. I'm such a homebody, um, yeah. and I'd used had been used to going away and flying overseas due to being in the in the national team, but. Um, not for long, long stints, like months at a time, which is what happened when I went to Sweden. Um, but yeah, went over, I uh, had about a week to decide, decided I'd go, was scared as anything, got on the plane, um, got there. And then as soon as, as soon as I was there, it was a week or so and I was into my first game there. So it all happened very fast. Um, it was a great experience, but a very hard experience. Um, they, the, most of them are like, well, well, so lovely and they could speak pretty good English, but when they're in the change rooms and they're all speaking Swedish and you have no idea what's going on, that is tough. So Yeah. So were there yeah. people that couldn't speak English? Majority could actually, pretty good yeah. English. Um, is that being a soccer player like that you, you've got to because you're obviously travelling or is that just over there a lot of people Yeah, can. I think it's just in Sweden, like yeah. um, they learn English at school and they really value learning English. And I think it's a lot of places in the world really value learning English because it's sort of like the worldwide language like that and I think French or, or something like that. But, um, yeah, so most of them knew English. Um, I was the only English-speaking person, though, like as, as a first yeah. language. Um, I lived with a German girl um, who was also – she was a Ghanaian German girl, so she could speak – Ghanaian German English and then she picked up so much Swedish while she was there you have this Aussie like (laughs) I learned like three words (laughs) (laughs) I I learned how to say hey and it's literally hi (laughs) so yeah yeah, look it was tough just because I was so little and 17 yeah yeah it's crazy I was still figuring out like who I was and um finding my feet as I guess an athlete and everything like that so going over there and I guess almost feeling like a fly on the wall in the change rooms when you can't understand what's going on. It was tough, but it was such a good experience. And to be honest, I think it taught me a lot about myself because I had to sort of sit with myself a lot in between trainings and I was by myself a lot. So I sort of had to really learn a lot about myself. Yeah. And um, 
I've, I've read a few things and the coach Martin, I'm not going to say his <laughs> last name because there's no way yeah, I'll, I'll embarrass myself and I, I'll probably get myself into trouble. But <laughs> he describes you as one of the most talented goalkeepers ever. Yeah. Yes. How, how does like does that just make you feel unbelievable? Because it's not like he's obviously a professional coach. Yeah, and to yeah. hear that you've you're 17, so you've only mm. been playing for yeah. like what five years. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I remember. Yeah, I remember when I heard that quote because it was actually he stated that just before I flew over, and I remember seeing it and like it, it still makes me nearly fall off my chair now. Yeah. But like at the time, I was like, what? Like. Yeah. I did. I had a belief in myself for sure, but um, I definitely didn't think of myself in that calibre. And I, I guess I was at the time playing in the senior team, so I was playing as a national team goalkeeper. But still, um, that is a huge statement, and um, it didn't it didn't put pressure on me at, at all, really. But um, you know, subconsciously, I guess it could have affected me, yeah. feeling like I had to live up to that when I got over there too. So I think most athletes, it would definitely play in your mind. He's yeah. yet to see you play there like he's seen you on tv seen you here and there but like you're playing with a completely different side it would be intimidating especially for a 17 year old like so yeah you must have been pretty like i'm gonna say sure of yourself but not in a cocky way because Mm. i guess people that aren't athletes what one thing about athletes is you've got to be a little bit cocky yeah yeah. you've got to be sure of yourself because if (laughs) you're not yeah you're gonna get walked all over yes like and it's i guess it's the way you show it is, mm. you know, I guess how people will see you. But yep. when you, I don't, I know for me, and I'll, I'm assuming it'd be the same as you, when you cross the line for the field or the court yeah. or whatever you're, you're playing, you turn into someone else. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Absolutely. And, and I, I reckon you've got to as a goalkeeper. Yeah. Like yep. you've got balls and like they, I can't kick like they kick. Yeah. Like it's a bullet coming yeah, out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's it's. I think for me, like when I used to be a goalkeeper, it's. I was completely different to even how I am now. Like yeah. I was a bit of a, I was a bit crazy to be yeah. honest. I, I said that. And Goalkeepers yeah, you, are you crazy. Said that, yeah. <laughs> but like just even like we were pretty much in charge of commanding and I guess yeah. directing the whole team in front of in front of you. So yeah. you had to put people into position. And then when you look at review, if someone was out of position, they'd look at the goalkeeper and be like, "Why didn't you tell them to move?" Like things like that. So. Yeah. Um, she had a lot of responsibility. Yeah, a lot of responsibility. Um, so things like that, like the pressure was on me a lot with that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so it was definitely like communication was like your number one thing you had to have as a goalkeeper. So, my God, you just don't – the whole game you just didn't shut up. Yeah. But also at the same time as well, I gave a few sprays like yeah. I would never give on the footy field. Like, Well, you give them already. <laughs> so I can't imagine if you haven't done one at football. Yeah. <laughs> I get a bit nervous, Brie. I'm not yeah, gonna I've gotten to the same level. Brazzy, you should have seen me. I reckon I'd probably make half the – team cry if I did what I did when I was playing soccer but yeah um it, to be honest it was too far one way though like I'm not saying that was a positive thing when I was playing yeah. soccer it's probably too yeah, well, different sports as yeah. well and like different yeah. positions like and that's an understanding like if yeah. you're getting like you're responsible for your back line yeah it's yeah yeah you got to like I, I'm like that I'm not I don't think I'm that bad but as a wing <laughs> defense I control the center pass yeah, so I've yep. got to direct players and yep. like that's hard enough and I mm. can still move you can't move so there's a lot happening in front of you yeah yeah no it is it's um it is very interesting and like I said I mean you're either sometimes the hero or the, or the villain of a game so yeah. you do put a lot of expectations on your players because essentially if they don't protect you, you're, you're one out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's where it comes from as well, for sure. Yeah. So you, you did mention that you played for Matildas before going to Sweden. Yeah, yep. Um, and I saw that your very first game, you guys won 4-0. Yes. So yeah. 
and they said like how it's a, uh, what I was reading, you were saying that you had no goals against you and they were calling it your scorecard. Is that is that a big thing for like a goalkeeper to have zero? Like yeah. do you count those <clears throat> games like, okay, like that was Well, massive. they call it like a clean sheet. I think it depends on where, where you are. Like well, I played that game in the US and I yeah. think they really look at that sort of stat. Like yeah. the goalkeeper had a clean sheet. Wow, that's, you know, yeah. it's huge. And it is. Even in Australia, it's great to have a clean sheet. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, though, this, it, people who actually know soccer, there's so much more to it. It's not just about what the score sheet says. A million things can happen in a game. You can make 50 saves and then let in two really good goals that are in the top corner and you can't do anything about it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, it doesn't really mean too much, especially to goalkeepers. We're just like, whatever, we just want to yeah. do what we can for the team and hopefully we win. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I remember the first game was I – th- oh, I should know, but I think it was against Haiti, so it was yeah. sort of like a it bit was, of a warm-up. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was against um, – them and it was sort of, I guess, a little bit of a warm up game. They probably weren't seated very well at the time, yeah. um, whereas we were we were up and coming as a yeah. team. Um, and then the following game was against the US. Yeah. Um, and so I was 16 years old actually when I played that game, yeah. and it was in LA. And I just remember walking out and just the the whole stadium was at the oh, LA Galaxy's um, ground now. I can't even remember what it's called, the stadium, but. The whole place was just packed yeah. with the crazy Americans just screaming at us. Like, yeah. what an experience! I, oh, it was just like the one of the best sporting moments I've ever yeah. ever had. As as well as obviously playing in the first ever AFLW women's yeah. game. But yeah, the and as a goalkeeper, do you get to take that in? Because like obviously everyone's running around and trying yeah. to block that out. But yeah, you're stationary a lot of the time. Yeah. So yeah. while the ball's down the other end, yeah. are you like? Whoa. Yeah, oh. well, it's it was a bit like that. Like, to be honest, um, I think even now playing footy as well, like when there's a crowd, you sort of, as soon as you start playing, it's like you lock it out and you just become Silent, very, hey. yeah, you, you just become very focused on what you're doing. Yeah. Um, but I remember that was my first experience of a large crowd like that. Yeah. 16 years old, my job most of the time is to talk to my players, but they couldn't hear me from yeah. me to you. Yeah. Um, so that was sort of, I had to start using my body language and like, if players would look at me, I'd have to start signalling with my hands, which I wasn't used to. Um, but definitely, like, that's the one thing about goalkeeping. You need to stay in tune and focused in the game the whole time. Yeah. Um, because if you switch off one moment, the ball comes down, yeah. you're in trouble. Yeah. So, so I'm going to get off soccer, but one last question. So you obviously were picked up in a, in a caravan park kind of thing, like a yeah. park, a big oval. Um, do you believe in, like... I guess, being there at the right time or do you believe in hard work? Because it's a bit of both. Because I see you as one of the hardest working athletes ever that I've trained with. I love I love training with you. But, yeah, do you believe in, I guess, being mm. the place at the right time as well? No, thanks, bros. That's really nice. Um, but, no, I, I think both. I think there's a, definitely in sport, even on game day, there's always a little bit of luck involved, I reckon. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I think hard work is absolutely pivotal. You can have all the talents in the world, but if you're not going to put your head down and work hard – um, I honestly believe, like, it's going to go to waste. Yeah. Um, and you won't be respected by your teammates either, which is so important to me. Um, yeah. Obviously having respect from your teammates and knowing them knowing that you're going to work hard for them. Um, but, yeah, I, I definitely think there's a mix of that. Like, mm. being in the right, you know, right time at the right place. You've I got to be. Like, I still think. I reckon yeah. it's both as well because if you're not yeah. there, then – Unlucky. 100%. I don't think I even would have considered soccer if um, Mm. the scout didn't turn up. His name's Foddy, by the way. I keep calling him the scout, but thank you, Foddy. Um, But he, yeah, if he didn't rock up, I don't even know if I would have considered soccer. So it is pretty crazy how things turn out. Yeah, no, definitely. Okay, so moving on to AFLW. Yes. Um, Carlton. So you Mm -hmm. get picked up with Carlton. Um, 
different to like the Collingwood girls. So we obviously Collingwood played Carlton in the first ever game. Yeah. It's you being Carlton, it's your home stadium. Yep. It's a lockout and you win. Yes. So everyone says it oh great experience even though that we lost. Yeah. How did you feel being on the winning team? Oh, it was it was awesome. Honestly, like uh, like I said before, that's up that's one of the best sporting moments I've ever had. That yeah. and probably my debut for the national team with soccer, but um oh, I just remember that day. Um we were in the under in the rooms at the time, um, and I think it was about two hours. Usually, rock up two hours or so before the game, and obviously um, there was a crowd sort of starting to filter in. By the time we ran out for our first warm up, it was about an hour before, and I looked around and I was like, "Fire out! Like this is pretty cool." There's probably seven thousand people at that point, yeah. so I did not know what was going to come. But I was like, "Oh, this is a pretty good turnout. How good!" All the girls were like, "Oh, seven thousand people, great." Um, Went back inside and then we were about to come out for the second warm-up just before we obviously go to play. And as we were waiting in the um, the race, I remember just hearing like rumbling on top of us because the rooms at Carlton sort of went under – they go underground sort of thing. Yeah. So literally the crowd is on top of you and you just felt the roof rumble and you could hear the noise. And I was like – we were all like, what is going on? Like I was like, is, is there a thunderstorm? Like what's happening? Anyway, then we ran out and just the crowd, literally every seat was full um, – did you play in that game, Brazzy? No, I was yeah, still a netballer. Yes, you're still netballer. That's what I thought. it breaks my heart <laughs> that I wasn't there. I, I did I did talk about this game in Ruby's podcast. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I asked her how she felt about it and she was yeah. like, yeah, you know, it was great. Well, I'm like, I was there and I was oh, hating was. you that you were on the ground and I wasn't. Oh, like, it was, Braz, it was honestly the coolest experience. And when we're waiting in the race and then we we walked out and we started to run out, I just looked around and I was in awe. Like it honestly yeah. got, stopped me in, in my steps. And I think it was more than just footy. It was way more than just footy for me at the time. Looking around, you could see mothers and older women and people, young girls screaming out to us and crying. And like, it was like they were seeing their dreams come true right in like through us. Yeah. And I thought that was really cool because women's footy has been around for 25, 30 longer um, years yeah. but it's just never been acknowledged and it was the first time it had been so for me it was much more than just a game of footy it was actually a real social um, I guess move and it, I think it started to change the stereotype around football and yeah for me it was much more than just a game. And, and this is what I love about you Brie like you're so in the moment you're not like oh, I'm just here playing footy doing my job yeah. and like most athletes you talk to it's like, yeah, I didn't realise until I retired or I wish I enjoyed it when I was playing. There's all yeah. these things where every time I talk to you, it's like this is how I felt. This is what it was like. You describing then, like I just like I felt like crying just then. I was like that's how I was watching it and I yeah. felt like, yeah. wow. There's mm. nothing – there's n- like no other moment – in my life where I'm like, wow, this yeah. is just the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm, I'm with you. I was trying to hold back tears running out through the banner. Like, I love that you can experience – like you yeah. know that though, that that's happening rather yeah. than that freaking out either. It was just like, wow, this is such a cool moment. Yeah, like, it was just oh, unbelievable. And the messages you got afterwards, like women reaching out from all over Australia, being like, I watched you guys play, um, I was crying, like inspirational yeah. – um, couldn't couldn't believe it. I've I've always wanted to play, and you guys have just done what I've always wanted to do. And yeah, for me, like even now, it sounds a bit I don't know, a bit cliche or something. But I definitely run out and think about that when I when I do play. I'm like, this is I'm representing way more than just me here. Yeah, and my teammates. Yeah, yeah so and and yeah, you talk about how you do it for I guess other women and how how powerful that was. You've now created a little group at, at our club that um, is AFLW working group. And yeah. I know um, 
Jane, our, our high-performance um, person at the club, she's trying to get the netballers involved because she yeah. just loves w- what it's about. What made you start up this group? And, and first of all, for the people that are listening, what is it? Yeah, so um, I guess it's just a little group of us um, that essentially are there to represent the players. Um, and it's I guess it's about trying to um, move not only, I guess, Collingwood, but I guess the wider AFL sort of um, community sort of in the right direction in terms of equality and things like that. And um, obviously AFL the industry has been so male dominated for a very long time. So um, obviously now that there's women aboard, it's just about making sure that, you know, it's equal and we're getting the things that we deserve. Um, And, you know, I think this group has sort of, um, I guess, come from that. Um, And all the girls that are involved with it are just incredible. I mean, the whole team is incredible. Um, But yeah, basically, essentially what it is, is we take things that we think could be improved um, within our four walls and we speak about it with Mark, the CEO and Jane, obviously our GM. And um, yeah, once once we've sort of had a chat about it, then we think about what we can do to, to make it better or and what things we're doing well already. So it's sort of, um, like I said, I, I guess I sort of was a catalyst of the group, but um, the girls that are involved with it are doing such good work. And um, yeah, obviously if we can get the netballers involved too, I think it would just be awesome and really powerful. And like, what what makes you so passionate? Like, where did this come from? Is I know yeah. you've got two sisters. Yeah. I love watching them on um, Instagram, <laughs> and yeah. like, I love your mum. She's one of the most beautiful people I've ever met. Yeah, does it come from them, or is this something that you've just found along your way playing um, to elite sports? Yeah, look, I I have a lot of very fierce women in my life. Um, my mum and my sisters are three of those, but. Um, yeah, I think it definitely somewhat sprouts from them as well, but it's also my own personal beliefs. And I think growing up and could be similar to what you experienced, Brazzy, I don't know, but um, growing up playing footy. So I played, obviously, like I mentioned earlier, um, played footy with the boys growing up. And um, even at school, I was always into the the boys stuff or um, my interests were always what boys liked or my clothes were always what boys wore. Um, and it was always yeah. that sort of stereotype. Yeah. Um, and I remember as a kid... I always I was a, I was a pretty resilient little thing. Like I reckon yeah. I shrugged it off, but subconsciously, absolutely, it affected me. Yeah. Um, and I think now, as an adult, reflecting on that, I don't want to see that happening to any other girl. Yeah. Um, I don't want them to feel that they have to be boxed in or they have to be a certain type of person or, um, you know, footy isn't for girls, for example. Yeah. Um, and I think that equality message that goes that goes right through that and there's so many um socially constructed things that are just so I guess toxic to equality and making people feel that they can be who they are and things like that so for me it it's there's so many experiences I could speak about but the one that shoots out to me the most is I guess what I experienced as a kid and always being told that's you shouldn't be doing that or that's not for you or boys do this you don't do this yeah so, um, yeah, I think We've it's... We've proven the, from those that. people wrong, mate. Yeah. Like, it's so good. And I think, yeah. like, you talk about equality and I think AFLW has really brought that into sport. And I know playing netball, which is so female, you've got to be a certain way, you wear the dress, you mm. wear, you've got to have your hair up in a certain way. And I really struggled playing netball as a kid, mm. but you were always told just to be grateful. Never speak up because you're grateful to be here. Yes. You know, like, yes. and... I honestly believe, like, one, for me, it's 100%. You guys have all taught me, no, that's not good enough. You need yeah. to speak up. This yeah. is how this is how you be an athlete. This is what you need. You need all the best to be yeah. the best, you know. And 
I was shocked when I first learned that because mm. I was like, no, yeah. just be, just say thank you. Yeah. You know, where it's like, yeah. nah, well, I can't be the best athlete now because yes. of this. Like, yes. So, yeah, I definitely owe it to um, AFLW, but mm. I think now other sports, like netball are now following that. And yeah. It's, yeah. You would think it's the opposite because netball has been around forever. Yes. And yeah. We've had the likes of Liz Ellis, Catherine Cox, who drive um, our sports so well, mm. and we've never – I guess, known how to follow that, where I think now having other sports competing against us, it's Mm. like, wow, we need to jump on this bandwagon, otherwise we're going to go missing. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think, look, I think we've just been socially conditioned for as since we're little to to believe, like you're saying, be grateful. Um, You're getting given an opportunity, so that's good enough. No, that's not good enough, actually. And I, I think, like you said, when other sports start to push each other, It's that's the best possible outcome for women's sport because yeah. each sport is going to have to keep... It's not a negative thing. Yeah, we're just going to have to keep raising the bar, yeah. yeah. So, no, no it's, it's really cool to hear that about netball too because yeah. I definitely think in soccer that was a bit of the gist, particularly when I was younger. I think socially now things have cha- shifted in soccer like you were saying with the netball. Yeah. But when I was younger as well, it was like we were playing per week. I think we were on 70 bucks a week, maybe 40 bucks if you weren't playing, if you started on the bench, yeah. like you, you look at it like that and it's like, like yeah. we've come a long way. It's got to get better, but we've come a long way. Oh, and soccer, especially. I remember one of my friend's um, cousins played for the Matildas and yeah. when she was playing, they had to pay their own way to get exactly. overseas. Like and yeah. that just blew my mind. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. But definitely, Rue, that's something you've taught me to like actually stand up for something that like I feel. It doesn't have to be right or wrong but yeah. if I have that feeling and belief just to say it and actually stand up so thank you for I guess giving me the courage to actually do that yeah, that's awesome guys. I'm going to go back to Carlton yep you're the the um the captain of the club yep and you're the only captain to ever then come play for Collingwood yes and then you've upped <laughs> it and now you're you're, a, you're the captain yep. of our team yeah like so in my eyes you're the most hated person at Carlton <laughs> Um, I don't know how the fans would even look at you oh, again. Oh, no. Um, again, why I love football because they are just yeah. so passionate. Um, yeah. But why the move? Because, you know, yeah. you, you got best and fairest, all Australian, yep. the captain. A lot of people, you know, I reckon, would say, well, her money was more. Yeah, you yeah. Know, like, and I know, I know how that feels. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, what, uh, let's be real. How, how, yeah. Why the move? Look, it's, it's complex and there's a lot that goes into it. And I think people – sometimes don't see what happens obviously behind closed doors in terms of what I mean is like the decision that all the time that goes behind thinking about what decision you're going to make so for me when I made the decision it was hard like I'm not going to sit here and say oh yeah I just went oh yeah I'm going to go to Collingwood now like that that was not the situation at all um if anything uh it took me a while to get used to that I could be moving clubs and when I did it even took me a while to find my feet Mm. like to be honest um but um I guess essentially for me, um, I've always felt whenever I've made a, a sort of a move in my career that puts me out of my comfort zone, I've grown as an athlete and I've grown as yeah. a person. Um, and so for me, that was essentially part of the move. Um, and I do think I've already grown as a person and as an athlete. I've had to meet a whole group of new girls. I've had to adjust. I've had to, um, I guess, see w- w- what can I do to help this group? Um, what you know, what can I try and get from them and learn from them? Um, just things like that, I think, um, all play a part of it. Um, and I guess that was part of the reason I moved and copped a lot of criticism, as you can imagine, for it. I've moved from one rival club to another. Um, so I, I get it. Um, and I still think there's people a bit 
who have a bit of a bitter taste in their mouth over it and and that's fun too um, but I'm happy with what I'm doing and I'm absolutely loving being here and um, the girls were incredible last season welcoming welcoming me in um, and but this season I just feel so like much more obviously on my feet um, I know I know what I'm doing and I just feel much more comfortable this season so I just can't wait to play to be honest. <laughs> yeah well mate you definitely fit into this group and a, like a lot of us including me look up to you not just on the field but off the field so it's been awesome to have you you, you bring your elite standards like second to none like you're Thanks, unbelievable. Um, but one thing I do want to talk about because this again I just find incredible your girlfriend who yep. you've been with for a long time yeah she plays for St Kilda. Yes. And she's a jet. Like, yeah. she's a good player. <laughs> How do you play against her? Because, like, if I put myself in this position <laughs> and your shoes and if Brooke played for yes. St Kilda, yep. I would choose Brooke over our team. <laughs> like, I know that's really bad, but if that someone so went to funny. tackle her, I would tackle them. Yeah, like, yeah, I'd be like, <laughs> go, babe, kick the goal. Yes. Like, I don't know. That's I just so couldn't. Good. I yeah. couldn't do it. And Brooke has said, oh, I really want to play footy. And I'm like, no. Yeah, like, you're, you're not. <laughs> I don't want you to get hurt. Like, yeah. which is so bad. And I, yeah, yeah. I, I'm being those people that told you you can't yeah, play. Yeah, yes, um, yeah, yeah. It's definitely a protection thing for me. But yeah. Um, how do you go coming up against Tilly? Yeah, it's it's. I've had this question before, and it's very interesting because I mean, me until literally since we first met. So we've been t- together a bit over five years, um, and when we first met was at footy, and we played. We've played all of our footy together besides the last season, um, where I went to because we were at Carlton together the first couple of years. So I obviously came here, and, and she went to St Kilda. Um, so we've only played one game against each other, and it was VFL level. So we were meant to play them last season, but then with COVID and everything, it cut yeah. short, and we we didn't play each other. We were the next round up. Um, but, yeah, we've spoken about it and had a bit of a laugh and have said, like, you know, what happens if we go head-to-head at a footy and stuff like that? And, look... Because is Tilly in the midfield? She is playing off the back line she there. She seems to be, like, everywhere. <laughs> yeah, she's... Like she's oh no, always she's, on camera. <laughs> yeah, she's playing in the back line for Saints. She's played a few different positions, but at Saints she sort of plays off their back line. Um but, yeah, so the potential is we could run into each other. Obviously, me playing midfield, if I do, I don't often push forward. But if I do, I suppose she's going to be playing around me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, look, we're both competitive. So yeah. it would be interesting to see what happens. But uh, I would, I'm never the type of person to clean up a player anyway. So I'm definitely yeah. not going to do that to my partner. <laughs> <laughs> but you we'll just, just tackle her. Yeah. Hey, babe, run <laughs> yeah. off. And that's, that's one it. thing yeah. I, oh, I've had to learn um, in footy as well, which is such a different dynamic that mm. there are girlfriends and there are exes and there are yeah relationships yeah. that yeah. you don't actually realise how many players actually yeah. have to play against their partner and yeah. and then at the end of the game go home together. I know. I, to be and honest, eat I, dinner together. I, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like after someone's won and someone's lost. I actually think it's harder playing with them, to be honest. Yeah. Like oh, Because you, you've got you to gotta obviously separate your relationship from – you know, the professional, you got to be professional. Yeah. And I think me and Till had a really good, we balanced that really well, but it's hard. Like yeah. at times, like, you know, you, you, you want to like spray them, but yeah. you know, you wouldn't do that to somebody like yeah. somebody else. It's just because they're your partner and you yeah. have a different relationship. So yeah. I almost found it harder playing with it. But yeah, and you probably wouldn't be able to switch off either. Like mm. you'd go in together, you'd probably talk the whole way home yeah. about the training yeah. and yeah. Yeah, you'd have to definitely find a time when to switch off. Oh, absolutely. And, I mean, I was the captain at the time too, so I had to find that balance of being able to look out for the team and also not look bi- – like you always have that in the back of your head. Oh, what would that look biased? Like, I don't know. Like yeah. if yeah, I'm giving Tilly – I didn't even doing something. Yeah, like things like that. And like I said, oh, I like, think – Oh, that's her girlfriend. That's yeah, why. that's why she's doing it. Yeah. And it's like 
no, that's not in me at all to yeah. be like oh, that. If you just have to meet you and you know that's not. Yeah, you. yeah. But it's yeah. just something that you constantly think about because you're like, I don't want it to look like that. And yeah. again, particularly I was the captain, so yeah. I... I definitely couldn't have it being like that. So, yeah, but well, it's interesting. I'm looking forward to us playing St Kilda just <laughs> yeah, so I good. can watch you two and see what happens because yeah. if I was Peter Sell, I'd probably put Tilly on you just to try and throw you. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, Tilly's about – she's probably she, Hopefully she doesn't listen to this yeah. podcast because she will clean her up. Yeah. Don't you worry. <laughs> well, look, Tilly would put up a good fight, but she is probably up to about here on me. I'm yeah. up to my hips. So yeah. it might be a mismatch in terms of, you know, weight-to-weight ratio, but <laughs> – It'd be interesting. Yeah. No. Um. Anyway, Bree, like you're amazing. Like, like I just, I'm in awe whenever you're playing footy, whenever you talk. Like this podcast, I'm sitting here just going, this. I just love your passion. Um. Oh, so thanks, thank Rosie. you so much for bringing that. Um. One to this show, but two to our um team because you're loved by everyone, not just the AFLW team, but the netballers as well. So keep being you because yeah, you're unreal and. Thank you for being on this week's episode and I'm looking forward to seeing you on the ground. You're a legend. Thanks, Brazzy. Appreciate it.